Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Welcome to another episode of the Deepwater Podcast. I'm glad you could join us today. Today, I wanted to talk about teaching people to study the Word, teaching people to study the Bible. Now, I'm not talking about teaching people the Bible. I'm talking about teaching them to teach themselves the Bible or teaching people to study the Bible on their own. Kind of like that example of, you know, give a man a fish, he eats for a day, teach a man to fish, and he'll spend all his money on bass boat equipment. Okay, actually, teach a man to fish and he'll feed himself for life. And that's kind of what we're talking about with the Bible. How do you teach somebody to be able to read their Bible, interpret it, apply it, obey it in their own life in such a way that even if you're not there every day with them or if you're not teaching it with them daily, daily, they're absorbing it and getting in in their life. And there's, there's some real truths out there in regards to this in terms of what needs to be happening. In some ways, we have more information out there than ever before. And I, a lot of times I rag about knowledge because a lot of times disciple-making is, is boiled down into knowledge. But at the same, same time, without knowledge, you know, you also can't be a disciple. So it needs some of both. And with knowledge, all knowledge has to be, uh, be tied to obedience. And then the other thing when we teach somebody to study the Bible is it really needs to happen. It needs to be combined with a relational disciple-making friendship got to be inside a relationship. To some extent, somebody said, to some extent, all new believers are heretical. And so when we take a new believer and we say, study the word, we better be checking in on what they're studying or else they're very liable to be heretical. And actually, uh, quite recently, I had an opportunity. I was studying the Bible with somebody and we studied the same passage and we discussed it. And in discussing it, I realized like all of his... uh, Suppositions, his prim, not premonitions, his suppositions or his baseline framework ideas for who certain different people were in the Bible was like kind of completely backwards. And so we got a chance to correct that, and that will probably change and influence a lot of how he reads the Bible in the future. Now, if I wasn't in a relationship with him, if I didn't have a friendship with him, if we weren't studying the Bible together, he would just continue on in the same way. And sometimes that's really scary because sometimes we have people who've been in the church a long time and they've had a lot of the Bible taught to them, but they've never really absorbed it. And it's never done in a way that they know, that we know that they're really growing. Or if we just look around and say, well, most of our church really isn't growing. Most of our church couldn't sit down and teach somebody else the Bible. And if they've been in church a long time, I mean, they, that should be a, a basics, the very basics. So enough off my soapbox. First, when we teach, teach someone to teach the to study the Word, we want them to learn to focus on obedience. Obedience is key. Two, sometimes we need to give people a framework for the Bible. It's kind of interesting when you jump in the middle of somewhere, sometimes you're. Uh, it's easy to be off. It's easy to not understand where you are. It's kind of like if I just picked a piece of some bone in the body and just looked at it and tried to start analyzing it and figuring out what I was supposed to do medically because it was broken. It wouldn't make a lot of sense unless I had a picture of what the whole skeleton looked like. What if I was operating on it as if I could operate? But what if I was operating on it and all of a sudden I realized, like, oh, this is actually, this is for an elephant. This isn't for a person. So this is a completely different bone and it would change everything. 
So sometimes we need to give uh, people a framework for the Bible. Some of the best things that I know of and like to use for giving someone a framework are called story cloths or story sets, where someone has kind of picked some of the key stories in the Bible in order to give a framework for what's happening through the big story of the Bible. One of my favorite ones, you can find at hisstorycloth.com. It's written like historycloth.com, but it's really hisstorycloth.com. They're really good, and it goes from creation into Jesus' resurrection, and then they have another one. I don't think it's on their website yet, but hopefully it will be soon, about uh, the book of Acts. So with those, you can you can kind of get a skeleton, and then if somebody has a skeleton and you're putting in another one, you can say, oh, see, this story, this is happening between this period and this period, and it's chronological, so people can kind of understand where in the story are we at. makes a lot of difference. There's a lot of different uh, studies for when someone's actually studying the Bible themselves. Uh, If you go back to listen to John Allison's episodes, he uses a method called the HEAR method, and the HEAR method is, uh, he actually got it from Robbie Galanti. Uh, It's a really good one. Another one that I really like to use is called the Cross Bible Study, and it was uh, created by a guy named Jim Millard. And I tried, I've tried to get a hold of him, and I haven't been able to. He was one of the guys that first started, uh, well, some of my first start with disciple making. He would occasionally come to the city we lived in because he was over in Asia as well. He taught us some stuff, and one of the greatest things he taught was this Cross Bible Study. And so that's kind of what I want to go with you, over with you today. Maybe someday if I can get him on the podcast, we'll talk about this or something else with him that day. And I will put this in the show notes or on the on the website. I'll put pictures of what I'm talking about here. There's not a lot, but a couple of them. Jim Millard says, The purpose of reading the Bible is not just to acquire more information and learn biblical principles. The purpose is to personally encounter God, to hear Him speak through His Word, and to experience Christ's transforming life as you apply your life, or your, sorry, as you apply his word in your daily life. So the basis of this is who's the central figure in the Bible? Who is, if we boiled the whole Bible down, what's the whole story all about? Well, it's, it's Jesus. The whole Bible from the beginning points towards Jesus. And then after he's come and we're looking in the church age, we're talking about Jesus with us and looking back to what he did for us. And then Revelation is once again looking forward to him. Jesus is the central figure in the Bible. Without Jesus, you can make no sense of the Bible. So when you do this, to begin with, at the top of your page, you write uh, the passage and you write the date. And then I like to make a cross. And the cross is numbered in a clockwise fashion. So it's numbered from the bottom, one, two, three, four at each of the points. Now, the first, first one, this is how we approach the Word of God. And it's read in the presence of Jesus. And for this one, he uses uh, the verse in Luke 2445. Luke 2445 says, Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. So we want to we want to come to Jesus and we want him to open our minds because without him opening our minds, we're not going to understand the scripture. It becomes this academic study. Again, Jim says, uh, when you open the Bible each day, you are not just reading to gain new insights or even to understand the doctrines of the Bible better. When you open the Bible, You are opening the door into the presence of God. When we read the Bible, we are coming to a person, not just to teachings, principles, and concepts. So as we go to read our Bible, we want to read it in the presence of Jesus. And what that looks like is it looks like just beginning with prayer and saying, Jesus, I'm here today to meet with you, and I need you to open your scriptures to me. Open my mind. Let me read this with you today. And then we proceed to read the passage. 
And then that moves us clockwise up into the second point, which is meditate with Jesus. Now, some people say they wanted to be like, okay, I've read, the, I've read it, and now I'm going to directly apply it. Well, the problem with that is sometimes, sometimes we, when we just read it and we don't meditate on it, we have not got the full meaning or the correct meaning of the passage. And so just reading and directly applying is not the best technique. Let's read, and then let's meditate. And let's not just meditate in our own strength. Let's meditate with Jesus. Now, the verse we use for this one is Luke twenty four twenty seven, and it says, this is Jesus speaking, he says, Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. We need Jesus to explain the scriptures to us. Now, the way we do this is to meditate means to think deeply. And one of the best ways to think deeply about a passage is to ask relevant questions about it. Okay? Now, every passage has specific questions that should be asked about it as well, but there's some general questions that you can apply to any passage, and it's a great way to get started. And if you're talking about a new believer, those are great ways. They may not know the questions to ask yet. They haven't studied it long enough, but they can ask some of these general questions. And just to give you an idea of some of the general questions you could ask, you know, what's the main point of this passage? What commands, principles, or promises are given in these verses? Uh, Some questions I really like. What does this passage teach us about God? What does this passage teach us about people? Basic questions. You can open the Bible anywhere right now, ask some of those questions, and you can have a pretty good Bible study. And ultimately, the the better our questions are to help us meditate on it, the better understanding we have, the the better our Bible study is going to be. So we need to do this with Jesus. And when we're discipling someone, we're teaching them to somebody They may or may not have the best questions to begin with. It's good for them to start thinking of those questions, but we need to stay on top of it with them. Sometimes maybe suggest better questions, or if they're missing something, redirect them with a question back into what the Scripture's saying. And then other, once you get those, then you want to have those specific questions. You know, why does Jesus say that? Who is he talking to, and why was that important in this story? All of those things give give us important clues and contexts. There's some other things you can do. These aren't uh, in Jim's study, but just in terms of meditating, some other good things to do is just imagine the story. Picture it in your head. Make like a movie of it in your head. Again, you're just trying to think deeply. What did it look like? What did Jesus look like when he said this? What was the expression on his face? Some of these things we don't know, but it just makes you think about the story. And the more you think about it, the better it is. And again, thinking in the presence of Jesus. Other things you can do is, is just... Read through it several times, but put an emphasis on different verses and just see how that changes the passage. It's also a great way to meditate on one verse. You can put the emphasis on each word one at a time and just seeing how that changes. And it's a great way to think about it more deeply. So after step number two, you know, we've read in the presence of Jesus and then we've meditated with Jesus. What do you think number three is? Well, a lot of people want to go immediately to apply. And again, you're missing a step. The third step is listen to Jesus. Jim says in his little book, uh, if you proceed from interpretation to application, it's easy to end up with mere moralism. Moralism means to try to do good things in your own strength. And if any of y'all have ever tried it, I know I have, and I know it does not work. We want to listen to Jesus. Now, the scripture we use on, on point number three is John five thirty nine through 40. And Jesus says, you diligently study the scriptures scriptures, because you think that by them you possess eternal life. 
These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. Jesus wants us to come come to him through the scriptures in order to receive life. The purpose is in reading is that we're coming and we're listening to Jesus. Now, some people, this bothers this idea that like, okay, you're just going to like sit and listen to Jesus. And the answer is yes. And I'll, I'll give you some other ways to think about it too. And again, it's not like I'm just coming out of the middle of nowhere and I'm saying, okay, what's Jesus saying right now to you? No, we have read with Jesus. We have meditated with Jesus. And now we're saying, okay, Jesus, what are you going to speak to me out of this passage? Jim says it this way. He says, close your eyes and wait on the Lord. Don't struggle or strive. Just listen. Usually the Spirit has already begun speaking to your heart while you were reading and meditating. As soon as you sense that you understand what he's saying, write it down. So when we listen, we're trying to come up. This is what Jesus is saying to me out of this scripture. Now, if I'm discipling somebody and what they're saying doesn't match anything with the scripture at all, that needs to be a follow-up question I ask. Where where are you getting that out of this passage? Because sometimes, and I see this a lot, Instead of actually obeying or hearing something from God out of the passage, we throw out these platitudes or these cliche sayings, I need to know Jesus more. Well, yeah, who doesn't? But what's he saying to you out of this passage, you know, about the unmerciful servant? Or what's what's going on? I don't think Jesus speaks in, in cliches, and I don't think he speaks in vague general things that can't be obeyed. Because Jesus talks a lot about obedience. And you don't get obedience by saying, y'all go over there. You get obedience by, you know, when he sent out the the 72 people, he sent them to every town he was about to go. Like, it was a specific command, and they were to obey it. And he had a specific way, told them, this is how I want you to go. Like, he gave specific commands. And when we, when we read with Jesus, and we meditate with Jesus, and we're reading the scriptures, and then we listen to Jesus, we can expect him to give us uh, direct statements into our life direct commands that we are to obey. And that may be directly out of the scriptures, or it may be something out of the scriptures that applies to something going on in your life. There's another man named Jerry Fine that wrote a book called One-on-One with God. And he likes to say it this way. If you have a hard time, like, okay, I don't know if I can listen to God. He say, well, pretend you're sitting across the table from Jesus. If Jesus was sitting across the table from you, what would he say to you out of this passage? So again, on the passage you're reading, what would he say to you? Now, when I when I get that and I and I think I've got it, I'm in my paper I'm writing the number three, Jesus said, quotation marks, James, comma, and then whatever it is I think he says. Now I understand and you understand that I'm not I'm not batting a thousand percent on this. I understand that what I what I think I hear is not as solid as the word of God, right? But a lot of times I'm getting things that are very specific. And if I later decide ah that, that wasn't Jesus, I misheard. Okay, I repent, and I'll go on, and I'll keep trying to obey what he says. So if you're from a background that says, I don't know if Jesus speaks, I'd like to encourage you to give it a try. I think you'll find he does. And I think, again, as you're discipling somebody, we really want we want them to hear from God as well. Give them a chance to hear that, but stay in the conversation with them. If they're just off all by themselves and you don't have any interaction, it could get pretty messy. But if you do... Kind of like when my kids have some crazy idea and I say, well, let's think about that a little bit. We do the same thing spiritually. Well, let, let's think about that. There's another passage over here that make, might make us think that isn't exactly what Jesus is saying. Or, again, a lot of times it's like, well, where did you get that from the passage? Bring them back to the passage again. 
because the passage is the objective word of God. And so bring them back to that. But don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of God speaking to people. So step four, you've been waiting for it the whole time. We get to apply the scriptures. But what Jim writes, and, and I really loved this when he taught us, he said, you don't apply the scriptures, you obey what Jesus said. And that's a very big difference. He writes, it is impossible to do what the Bible teaches in your own strength, even if you understand what it means. We can only obey Jesus in the power of Jesus. Some of the verses we use for this, uh, James 1.22 says, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Uh, if that doesn't convict you a little bit, that doesn't convict you about your church a little bit. Maybe your church is a thousand times better than mine. <laughs> maybe you're a thousand times better than I am, and maybe you are. But it's not about just hearing the word of God. We have to obey it. It's not about just giving knowledge to people. They have to obey it. Without obedience, what James says is we're fooling ourselves. We're deceiving ourselves. We're tricking ourselves. We're lying to ourselves. We don't just listen to the word. We apply it into our life. And that's so, so important. And then John fourteen twenty one says, Whoever has my commands and obeys them, he is the one who loves me. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love him and show myself to him. The obedience is just so, so important. And when it comes to this point in time, again, we wanted Jesus to speak specifically, and we want to obey specifically. The more specifically we can write down uh, an obedience item, the better off we are. The other day, I was studying Luke somewhere in chapter 11 or 12. It's where Jesus gives these six woes. What are you Pharisees? What are you teachers of the law? And he's he's really railing on them. And at the end of it, I, I was like, you know, I need to like examine myself and make sure, because these are all religious leaders that he's talking to, make sure that I'm not falling into some of those same things. And maybe it looks a little different today. You know, but okay, so how am I going to examine myself? Well, I could choose one of those woes each day and just meditate on it, think about that, reread it several times. And I forgot a couple of days, but I'm back working on it again. And it's a specific way I can obey. I'm going to go back and just meditate on this and consider my life and try to make sure Jesus wouldn't be saying, Woe to you, James. Because if he does, I want to obey that and I want to heed that. Anyway, the more specific the obedience, the better off we is. <laughs> the better off we are. So when you're discipling someone, a really good place to begin is do the same scriptures together. I always love to start people out in the Gospels, but if you get to where you're discipling several people or you're not discipling them at the same time, you may just jump them in where they are or you may add some others to it or at least go back and and have your own study that you've done through that. You need to know what they're studying. You need to know what they're hearing. You need to know what they're obeying. That lets you correct problems. It's not dangerous to study the Bible, but it is a little dangerous to just be completely out there on your own. Most of us didn't grow up that way. You know, we had a mom that made sure we drank the right thing as a baby and then ate the right thing and kept away from sticking our fingers in the outlets and all kinds of stuff. Spiritual babies need the same thing. They need some guidance, but they need to learn to eat from the Word of God. They need to learn to get past the milk. They need to learn to get past being spoon-fed and learn to eat on their own. And yeah, you know, with a kid learning to eat, it's a little bit messy, but it sure is nice once they learn to do that. So as we stick with them and we help them and we're going over this with them, it's kind of like us as parents teaching our children to feed our feed themselves and help them clean up the messes and fix things that are better for them. And sometimes if it was a little too big, cut it up into a little, you know, little easier sections for them to digest. 
that might be with some good questions or maybe just you know you haven't got to this story yet but I'm going to just tell you this story and it'll it'll kind of fill in this gap for you until you get there later so anyway that's one of the ways that I love to teach people to study the word of God for themselves um, if you have another way that you love uh, feel free to share it with us you can email us at uh, james at luke5.com or podcast at luke5.com that's all we have for you today We would appreciate it if you'd tell a friend or share one of your favorite episodes on Facebook so that we can increase the number of Christians that are thinking about, focusing on, and actually making disciples. You know, when we make a disciple, as Jesus commanded, it will improve the health of our local church, it will improve the health of the overall church, and it will improve our own spiritual health. I personally believe that it's impossible to really draw close to Jesus without making disciples, because that's what he did. And when we do the things he did, and we obey the commands he commanded us, like make disciples, it brings us closer to him. We appreciate you guys. We appreciate it if you'd help us spread the word a little bit. And until next time, keep making disciples, and we will see you then. Mm